Hello, Scream Demons, and welcome to the Screams from the Basement podcast with Sam and Casey. This is a bi-weekly horror podcast in which two horror fans get together and talk all things horror, including news, recent watches, horror collectibles, and more. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Casey. And I'm Sam. And, and let's, let's get, get screaming. screaming. Casey, we're going live for the first time. We we're live right now. Uh, we're giving this this thing a whirl. We're yeah. there's some changes coming to this podcast. I guess this is a an episode of change. Yes, yeah. I guess we can we can put it that way. Yeah, uh, this isn't. It's not going to be a conventional episode. It's kind of going to be a transitionary episode. Again, like Sam said, we are going live with this one. It's not yeah. going to be a set time when we do these. It's but just we'll whenever, you know yeah, we'll let you know in advance. We'll schedule a, a recording, but it's whenever Sam and I schedules come together to record for the week. But yep. you're still going to get the podcast every other, when do we drop? Friday. Friday. Every, other, yep. every other Friday, you'll still get them <laughs> on your podcast feed. So yeah. it's not going anywhere that way, but we're giving this a whirl because uh, we just want to test it out and maybe get some interaction live while we're doing the shows as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, sound off in the comments if you're listening, like all that kind of stuff. Watching. Yeah. People watch live things. Yes, they watch live things and they listen to them at the same time. Yeah, that's true. You have to do both. You you do. Uh, well, you, really you, could do one, you could do one or the other, I guess. I that's don't know why you'd, why you'd watch us on mute. It'd be a weird thing to just watch two floating heads in boxes, but you could. Uh, yeah. I'd say I'd watch me on mute, but I wouldn't want to stare at my face just for no reason either. No, no one wants to do that. No. Uh, <laughs> but the topic for this episode, we got to, again, it's kind of an unconventional episode. We're not talking about a, a single movie. We're not talking about a, a series of movies. We're not talking about two movies and a double feature. No, we are taking things to the small screen for this episode. Yeah. We are talking about scary episodes of TV shows. This one is called the one where we watch scary TV episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And just like Friends. We're like Friends, but better. Yeah. Friends, but scary. It's already kind of scary, Sam. Yeah. It is scary in Friends. Those people just drop by each other's places unannounced. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I could never. And leave doors in their apartments in New York City wide open for yeah. any old person to walk in. Yeah, it's an unsafe show. do that in South Dakota. <laughs> an unsafe show, friends. Yeah. No, we're going to be talking about some of our personal favorite uh, scary episodes of TV shows. Yeah. And TV shows that aren't scary, though. Yes. Like, yeah, we're not talking like American Horror Story or our favorite episode of yeah. Are You like, Afraid of the Dark? Or even like Goosebumps or something. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, those will be their those can be their own episodes down the road, but these are oh, yeah. non-traditionally scary episodes of normal TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just discussing like some of our favorites and mm -hmm. I don't know. I think we picked six pretty pretty good ones. Yeah, I think we picked five good ones and a good cameo. Yes, I should say that <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? The good cameo, it was nice because we only really had to watch five episodes in a scene. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about those a little later on in the show. Uh, once we get to our main topic, but uh, I guess let's, let's go to, to, to doobie doing first. Yeah. We yeah. have no really like news or toys, no toys to talk about this time. No, 
but we did we did both watch a movie. Yeah. So there's no easy way to to, yeah. to say this or talk about this. One thing we wanted to do uh, this week is obviously we we want to get our podcast out in time. Um, <clears throat> I'm already losing my voice. Uh, we want to get our podcast out in time. And again, me and Sam want to. Sam, I want to see your face. I know I made yeah. a joke about it earlier. I want to see your face. Yeah. I want to hear your voice. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear your takes on all the movies you watched and all the TV shows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we love doing this. We're spoilers. We're friends outside of this too. Yeah, we do like a ton of stuff outside of this podcast. And honestly, yeah. what you're what you're watching is just us recording book club, but with movies. <laughs> yeah, this is this is our excuse to talk about the things we've watched in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to make sure we, we, we got an episode out and to, to, to have a conversation with each other. But again, like I said, there's no easy way to, to talk about this. But um, a brief history, I guess, first of all, is uh, Sam and I used to host a couple of different podcasts in the past. Uh, yeah. Backlot 605 was our kind of our, our original home where we talked about any any movie in general. Um, and over there... Um, we met, we met a man, a myth, the legend, the one and only Corey Jacobson, our yeah. friend. And uh, unfortunately, again, there's no easy way to, to talk about this, but we need we want to talk about our friend Corey on the show because he he was a dear friend of ours. Um, and unfortunately, we lost Corey earlier this week. Um, and I guess I mean we're bringing it up on the show because we do want to talk about our friend, um, someone who's a major, major influence on both of us on, yeah. on, on this entire community <laughs> that we have here in Sioux Falls um, as a whole. And uh, yeah, we just, I mean, we miss we miss him. We miss him a lot. Um, it's only been a, a couple days now, and we're still trying to process everything. Um, I know we've been talking to, our, you know, our friends from our, our movie group, um, you know, Andy Heller, Blake Ginnithan, Brian Mensing, Derek Vierink. Uh, we've been talking to them. We've been talking to some other people that have also known Corey as well. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there are just so many positive things out there right now in a time yeah. we're all feeling very, very negative mm -hmm. and, and not, not ourselves and, and feeling very unsure and confused and in shock in many ways. And uh, yeah, we, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm Sam, what else do you have to say before I transition <laughs> to a movie that I'm using this as our transition to do be doing, because there's a movie we're going to talk about here in a minute that for stories, like one of Corey's favorites. Corey's favorites, and for as long as I I, I knew Corey, it was his his movie that he was uh, championing. He was he was throwing out throwing it out there that everybody needed to watch this movie, and it's yeah. not like it's you know it's it's like oh my god everybody needs to watch The Godfather or Casablanca. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even like oh everybody needs to watch Chopping Mall. Like no people have seen Chopping Mall that it's rightfully a cult classic but Corey went beyond that he went always. beyond that <laughs> and he he discovered this little movie called bad cgi sharks yeah 
And again, like I said, for as long as I, I I've I've known him, it was always a movie he was talking about. I Andy Heller posted a video um, that was yeah. our You're group promoting, yeah, promoting our first live show, and I completely forgot he mentioned that yep. bad CGI sharks during that uh, many times too. Um, yep. And we both watched it finally and yep. god damn i feel so bad for not watching this sooner because i absolutely yeah. had a blast with this i loved this um as i was watching it and some of the crazy zaniness that was happening in bad cgi sharks i was like this is a this is a cory movie oh from frame one i was through like this through. is a very cory yeah. movie <laughs> yeah um bad cgi sharks is a movie made on six thousand dollars and some change. Yeah, it's three guys, two of them brothers, who decided to get together and make a low-budget shark movie. That at its core is the story of two brothers reconnecting and finding their creative groove and rekindling their relationship with each other. Yeah. It's like, it's the dumbest, most beautiful movie. <laughs> it, it, <coughs> excuse me. It is. It's it's one of those movies where uh, I'm trying to like think of what category. It's kind of in the category of like movies about making movies or movies about yes. love, loving movies. And it's yeah. such a small genre. There's not a whole lot of movies that fall in there. You know, mm -hmm. you have movies that are like, like Ed Wood or the disaster artist that are about the making of a single movie. Right. Which this sort of falls underneath, but it's, they're making a fake movie that we're watching. We're watching the movie that they're making. And it's, yeah. it's quite interesting to watch that. And again, like you said, it's, it's about these brothers who have been estranged and finally come together. And the thing that brings them together is making this movie that they wrote as children. Yeah. About this shark movie that they wanted to make. And now they get to make that movie if they're they get to make that movie and they're in it. Meanwhile, there's a again a bad CGI shark floating <laughs> through the streets of Los Angeles at night. And it's it's amazing. It's tremendous. And it's on a righteous warpath against people who use sharks for entertainment purposes yeah. and make them villains. Like it's a shark exploitation movie about shark rights. And yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's a it's, it's a it's an insane movie. It's a movie that just like stops being the movie it's telling for a little while to have one of the the narrator characters interview a baby shark in the in the movie like right before the the third act for no inexplicable reason at all, but it's super entertaining. Um yeah, this movie is just so so charming. There's no other way to put it. Bad CGI sharks is just one of the most charming charming movies i've i've ever seen and it's it's again it's about the spirit of indie filmmaking and friendships that you make and everything that movie lovers movie makers like this is a movie everybody should see that loves it's, movies the way like we love movies it's an easy or people listening to this type of podcast love movies yeah I, like watching it it's easy to see exactly why Corey recommended it mm -hmm. and i know our buddy brian is watching Hi, Brian. Hello. He also watched Bad CGI Sharks. And it made him smile, guys. It is. It's one of those movies it that'll is. put a, a shark grin on your mouth. 
Yep. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Tubi is probably going, what the hell? <laughs> because in Sioux Falls, bad CGI sharks numbers just went up by like 400 or 500%. We have to throw all of the IV ads at bad CGI sharks because all the people from Sioux Falls, South Dakota are watching it. Yep, yep, yep. And rightfully so. I can't wait to, to watch this movie again. Uh, and again, like talking about the bad CGI part of it, the shark doesn't look that bad. Actually, the shark. There were a couple like actually creepy shots of like the shark coming out of the shadows. Where I'm like, they spent a little bit more money working on that one. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite shot. I'm spoilers for bad CGI shark. There's there's a shot in the opening of the movie where it's a direct homage to John Carpenter's Halloween, but with the yep. shark and him wearing the white, the white uh, the bed white sheet, sheet and the glasses with the glasses. Yeah, but it's an inflatable shark underneath. <laughs> yeah. So- Funny. Oh it's god, so it's ridiculously hilarious. funny. Yeah. Yep, yep. That is one of the best visual gags in the whole movie, and yeah. the whole movie's full of them. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and the brother, the like creative zany brother, yeah, the, like goofball. He, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they got his hair to do what it did, but that is like some of the best movie hair I've ever seen. Yeah, he had a long ponytail that literally just jutted straight out from his head. And that's flopped where around. The, that six thousand dollar budget went to Sam. Yeah. You got to get some <laughs> proper hair cream for that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad CGR, bad CGI sharks. It rules. It's incredible. Yeah, Corey, thank you for the recommendations, and we can't we wait to you. watch more of them. We can't wait to watch yeah. more of your recommendations. Speaking of, can I share? I have it just off screen. Can I share my somewhat random movie stack that I just picked up at Last Stop today? Yeah. 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 Not all of these are horror, but two of them are. So I got a somewhat random movie stack that was very much inspired by Corey and movies that I know he loved. And uh, in them, I've never been a huge PTA fan. That's maybe my biggest cinematic hot take, but I want to watch Magnolia because he saw it three times opening day in the theater. And that's insane. And it has to be great, right? It has to be. I've never, be. I, have, I haven't seen it. There's only one movie in your stack I've seen. Oh, really? Is it Nightbreed? It's Nightbreed, yeah. Yeah, because I'm very excited for Nightbreed. Like, yep. I, I can't wait. Um, Serial Mom, John Waters movie. Like, some of these have been on my watch list. I just haven't gotten to them. And this was just the day that I decided to. Gentleman Broncos from Jared Hess, who did Napoleon Dynamite. I've wanted to watch this forever. And then Pump Up the Volume which he did a really nice uh, Fat Dude Digs Flicks episode on, mm-hmm. if any of you would want to hear that. It's a great listen. So. Yep. Yep. so, yeah, we love you, Corey, and uh, we miss you. We do. And yep. we're looking forward to digging into more recommendations that you would always throw our way. So. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, yeah, this is, this is not an easy thing to keep moving on with the show but i mean yeah uh yeah again we're we'll, we'll probably keep bringing Corey up as we watch his his rec i feel like his yeah. recommendations are going to be popping up on this show quite a bit uh for the f- yeah. foreseeable future and i'm excited to talk about him because mm-hmm. he had a uh he had a taste in movies like no one else and i'm excited oh, to, to he was a taste maker into. yes yeah yes Absolutely. He had quite the movie palette, that's for sure. He did, yeah. He liked everything. Like, anything and everything. 
and he's and everything. Um, Sam, since you showed off one of your 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 stack that you got in, I'm gonna start. Yeah. I'll I'll show off mine and jump into my other movies that I've been watching. That sounds great. Um, I got finally in the mail. Yeah. This Arrow video box set, Empire of <sighs> Screams. It's it is the, the the my my prized possession right now. This, oh, this it's, box set. It's incredible. It's a thing of beauty. I usually don't buy I don't buy a whole lot of movies anymore, and I have been have been recently. Um, and this this set has kind of like reinvigorated my my physical media obsession again. Mm. And the reason it it has is because of the movies in here. Um, it's Empire movies from Charles Charles Band again, a name that I'm just going to bring up in every episode we do. <laughs> uh, it includes movies he he produced such as Dungeon Master, Doll, Cellar Dweller, Arena. And robot jocks, and so I bought this. I had only ever seen dolls. I know you gushed about Cellar Dweller. I had heard yeah. great things about Dungeon Master and Robot Jocks. I had never heard of Arena before. I still don't know much about this yeah. at all. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, the two movies I have watched out of the box set, um, I watched Cellar Dweller, which I know you watched recently as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, re re rewatched. Rewatched. Yeah. Yeah. I just when I saw you watch it, I was like, God, I, I'm just jonesing to see that one again. So I popped it on and I, I had a blast with it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a ton of fun. It's a creature feature extravaganza where it's yeah. the movie's built to just show off the creature. Yeah. Like oh, that's why the movie 100%. exists. Yeah. It's very much just like low budget one location creature yeah. feature. The the plot to get all of the characters back in this house and all this is like really contrived. Um it's like an it's art. It's got a great. School? It's like an art school Collins. that they're in, right? Yeah, and for like some a... reason, this art school bought this like comic book <laughs> artist's house who died in a fire. Yeah, like, and I'm just like, okay, but the cold open with Jeffrey Combs is great. It is. And once great. you actually get back into the house in the second act, and like the monster starts coming to life, like. The kill sequences are just awesome. Mm -hmm. I love how they incorporate like the comic panels into them. Um, the sound effects, whoever's the sound designer on this movie had a blast because the, the, the bones crunching as the cellar dweller gobbles them up. is just, it's, it's gnarly. I don't know. Yeah. Directed by John Carl Buechler, who is a kind of practical effects wizard directed a mm -hmm. Friday the 13th part seven as well. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I was like, the name um, sounds familiar. Yep. He, he's appeared in a bunch of movies. He's directed a bunch. He, I believe, directed Troll 2 as well. Did he really? I think so. I still have to watch that. <clears> he at least did the creature effects for, for Troll 2. Nice. Uh, here's that box art. Oh, that box art's incredible. I know. I'm leaving them as the Arrow video box art. I think that's what I'm going to keep them as. They all come with mini posters, and I will probably be hanging those up. Yeah, I like Cellar oh, yeah. Dweller. Uh, it's not genre changing. It's not. It's not like this is the greatest '80s creature feature. It's more of look at how cool this creature looks with yeah. an okay story you can follow along. But the creature yeah. is incredible. Yeah, like that's why you watch this. Um, one I fell in love with though right away is Robot Jocks. Not a horror movie. But it's in this this box set. It's a genre film. It's a Stuart Gordon movie. It counts. It's a Stuart Gordon movie. It's if Stuart Gordon made Rocky Four and Pacific Rim before Pacific Rim as one thing. 
that is robot 100 incredible i like i can't I, wait to watch that one yeah i love this movie i love rocky four too <laughs> and this rocky is four uh, this might be a hot take but rocky four is like it's the best one it's it's the it's, second best of the original five it's my favorite that's fine. Well, okay. yeah. Rocky seen, is Rocky's a better movie. I haven't seen any of the Creed movies. I should say that. Yes. Okay. And Rocky is technically a better movie, but Rocky Four is the one that I. Oh, if I'm going to pick a Rocky movie off the shelf, it's Rocky Four. Yeah. I'm not yeah. picking it's any just, other movie. It's sheer pop entertainment. Yeah. I love it. That's what yeah. this movie is. Yeah. It's like 75 minutes, something like that. Uh, oh, 84 minutes. I was wrong. Uh, it has one of my favorite endings where I literally threw my my fist up in the air and cheered at the ending of of Robot Jocks. It's it's the plot of Pacific Rim where the world um, at this point there's like two superpowers left. They don't say it's the United States and Russia, but it's the United States and Russia, and how they settle global conflicts. And in the case of this movie, they want the territory, uh, the Alaskan territory, is they have giant robots robots punch each other. And whoever wins gets the territory. I'm like, that's how all global global conflicts should be solved. It's yeah. just giant robots <laughs> punching each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robot Jocks rules. I've seen dolls. I'm, I'm excited to jump into the rest. By the time we do the next podcast, I will probably have re watched dolls and watch Dungeon Master and uh, Arena. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's the Arrow Video Empire Screams box set. Um, I'll go into my other ones here, Sam. Uh, I know we have some crossover, so we'll, we'll, we'll throw some of those out there. Uh, we talked about bad CGI sharks. We're going to talk about another bad CGI shark, Sharknado, yes. which was part of Joe Bob Briggs, the last drive in, um, yep. his kind of like mid mid season premiere. Yeah. I guess yeah, is what they, you call those. They came back. It was kind of a 4th of July special kind of thing. Summer special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they did Sharknado, and they played Beyond the Door 3, a movie that I caught part of on Shutter TV a while back and have wanted to watch. No, it was uh, it was the other one first, uh, right? Am I crazy? It was Amsterdam was the oh, one after Sharknado. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I watched both of them. But you watched both the of them. Time. I didn't watch yes. the other one. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I'm getting my Joe Bob Knights confused. Yeah. Uh, Sharknado is awful. I, I thought I liked this movie. <laughs> And I was just not vibing with it. And I think it's maybe because I like the sequels. Because I've seen the first... I know I've seen the first four. And I remember liking those a lot and having a lot of fun. And I think that's where my brain was when Sharknado came on. I just don't feel like this movie's having fun. Hmm. It's very much like taking itself very seriously with crazy stuff going on. Whereas I think the other ones lean into... Okay, this is crazy. Yeah. Let everything else be crazy too. Like maybe they didn't know this was going to be the viral hit that yeah. it was until yeah. it came out. Type of. It doesn't thing. feel very tongue in cheek. Yeah, I so I understand that, but I still have fun with this movie. It's I I've never seen any of the sequels though. Okay. And this was the first time I'd watched it since like 2013 when it was playing on Sci-Fi. Um. You'll have fun with the sequel. The sequels have like tons of cameos and yeah, different characters I, coming in and out. Uh, you and Blake were telling me that the the sequels were actually kind of ruled and had had some fun in them. So mm. uh, I, I'm looking forward to it because I like shark movies. I like bad shark movies. Um, 
I prefer good ones, but if a bad one is, you know, fun enough, I don't care. Um, and I had fun with Sharknado. And part of that's probably because, like, every movie that's on the last drive-in, I kind of have fun with. And, Bob. Uh, yeah, that was the other thing. Okay, I'm not trying to to, to yuck your yum here. But, yeah, no, no. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't like that the director wasn't there. He was shooting, like, on oh. his phone, like with yeah. joe bob i'm like what are you shooting that's that important you can't show up to joe bob it can't be that <laughs> that important right i don't know i didn't it's probably it. an asylum movie you can leave an asylum movie to go to joe <laughs> bob he doesn't want to though i he guess wants to not. finish his hey they only have like eight days to shoot those asylum movies okay hey charlie band showed up to talk about head of the family <laughs> And he That's takes five true. days to make a movie, so <laughs> no excuses. Yeah. Uh, next up, speaking of Charlie Band, uh, uh, for my birthday, I got to watch any movie I, I, I wanted. So uh, the one I picked was Face Off, one of my favorite movies ever. It's not on the list. It's not a horror movie. I <laughs> Funny story with Face Off. So my buddy Dakota was over. You know Dakota, obviously. Oh, yeah. People out there, I don't know. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll have to have Dakota on sometime and talk. We should because we talk. I feel like we've talked about him on a couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not necessarily like straight up a horror fan, but like whenever he comes over, we end up watching horror movies. Yeah. But uh, he came over and we started watching Face Off. And halfway through it, Kayla came home and she's like, What are you guys watching? I'm like, Face Off. She's like, I've never seen that before. We're like, okay, we're starting it over. So we watched Face Off one and a half times that afternoon. <laughs> it's still incredible. I, I I have so much fun with that movie. But the other movie I picked, big Dakota... blind spot for me. I can't wait to watch that. Oh, we're gonna sure. do a fa we're gonna do a Face Off episode, I guess. We can break we can break the horror rule for one episode. Yeah, for Face Off. It's our it's our podcast. <laughs> um, but he asked. He's like, I hear you talk so much about Full Moon. Like, mm. pick one of their movies, and I will watch it with you. And did so, pick, I, go ahead. Did you pick Doll Man? I picked Doll Man. Yeah. And I'll explain why. So again, like I said, Dakota isn't necessarily always a, he's not a straightforward horror fan. Like, creature features aren't really his bag. Something like, that's why I showed you, like, Demonic Toys and Head of the Family. I felt like those probably fit more of your type of movie watching habits. Yeah. So I picked Doll Man because it is this throwback action movie. I love that you picked the sex comedy for me. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> With the giant head. Yeah. <laughs> you loved it. I was right. I did. <laughs> Guess what? Dakota liked Doll Man. Hell yeah. Super low budget Albert Pune movie. Uh Tim Thomerson. This movie rules. I love Doll Man. Uh it's it's a fun straight to video nineties action movie. Sam, you need to watch this because Doll Man rules. And then you can watch Doll Man versus Demonic Toys and you'll be yes. all set. Hell yeah. Yeah. Doll Man rules. Uh, we also watched Sleepaway Camp. He was less enthused about that. Um, he also predicted the ending, and I was surprised. He predicted the entire reveal somehow. He had to have no, known he about is, that online, no, right? He, no, he knew nothing about it. Nothing. No. That's insane. We got... We got to the part where the, uh, the 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 guy who owns the camp starts suspecting that the brother is doing it, or uh, the, the the cousin. Yeah, uh, Ricky. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, it's not him. It's her. Oh, and she has a dick." I'm like, "What? How did you figure that out?" What? Yeah. Oh my god. 
So he figured it out. Uh, yeah, Sleepaway Camp. It's one of the most bonkers slasher movies. So much, so much of the stuff in it is great, but so much of it is so weird. It makes it entertaining through the ninety minutes. My favorite character is probably the aunt because the of one her that over- looks like death warmed over. Yes. Yeah. Like with oh, I remember I tied this little ribbon on my finger. I'm like, what are you doing in this yeah. movie? That movie is weird. I it's a weird movie. It's a very weird movie with some incredible practical effects in it, mm-hmm. but it's so weird. Yeah. It's it's one of the weirdest 80s slashers. Yeah, it's a very weird movie. Again, of course, highly recommend. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp. That movie rules. Uh, next up on mine, uh, I watched this movie called Chillerama. Have you ever heard of Chillerama? Is this the Adam Green one? This is the it's Adam like a, Green one, yes. It's like an anthology, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, Adam Green, Adam Rifkin, Joe Lynch, uh, Tim yep. Sullivan is the other director. Yeah, uh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, it's been on uh, our watch list for a while. I love Adam Green. I don't think we've talked about him on the show yet. I love him. He's he's kind of a i would say he's a filmmaking influence of mine on of what i would want to do as a as a filmmaker i love his passion and his creativity and how he goes about making his projects we both love uh holliston holliston uh i love the hatchet series um this feels love frozen not the disney one but his frozen yeah frozen rules that movie is badass it is um, this movie feels a bit like Holliston and Digging Up the Marrow, if you've seen that either. It's that type of vibe that it has. It's about this drive-in theater. It's the last night it's going to be open. All these high school kids go out there and they go to watch this triple feature that's playing. Each of the each of the movies that they watch at the drive-in is directed by one of the directors. Okay. Um, so again, like with any anthology, not all of them are great. I love the the first one is uh, Adam Rifkin's. It is about a <laughs> a giant semen monster who attacks this city like the Blob. <laughs> oh my god! It's incredible. That's that's the one I would highly recommend. The one after that is it's about these. It's like a a fifties Teen Beach movie. Like okay. that's what it's a parody of. But it's about these like homosexual werewolves. And it's super low budget, and you feel that it's very low budget. It feels more low budget than the Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach movie. It's even more yeah. low budget than that. It's not good. It's the worst okay. segment. It's one where I watched it, and me and Kayla were both like, should we skip to the next segment? Really? Yeah. And so if you are interested in this and you love Adam Green and, and Joe Lynch, unfortunately, I would say I would skip that one because it okay. will probably take you out of the movie. Um but yeah, it's all it's all set at this drive-in, and the climax of the movie, the the connecting tissue throughout each segment is these kids at this drive-in, and then zombies come alive and start attacking nice. the drive-in theater. It's awesome. I loved it. Uh, there's a there, there's a sequence with uh, Joe Lynch, uh, who plays a director, and there's just like gross like poop and stuff all over the screen <laughs> on his thing that he's directing I'm like oh, okay this is the guy that's making a lovecraft movie this year cool do it <laughs> yeah uh I've i like heard to, it's i've heard it's great i've heard i've heard it's great I'm, too i like joe I'm lynch a lot so too. ready for it <laughs> yeah uh yeah so i would 
I mean, I recommend Chillerama. I love. I'm I'm a stand for those guys and how they make their movies. And this is definitely one of ones that'll fall into the rotation when I rewatch Digging Up the Mirror. I'll be like, all right, Chillerama next. That's awesome. Um, next up, I will go to Class of Nukem High. I'll be very quick with this. It's a trauma movie. Um, we were scrolling through Tubi. Kayla's like, I'm gonna pick a movie, and she picked Class of Nukem High. So cool. We watched that. I had never seen it before. It is insanity because it is a trauma movie. Um, yeah, it's about these these like the it's it's about trauma high, <clears throat> who is like a half mile away from a nuclear power plant, and the nuclear power plant starts like releasing toxins into the air in the high school and they all start becoming crazy and the valid victorians of the class the the super smart kids become this like weirdo biker gang that start to bully everyone <laughs> at the school but it's only like those six or seven students That's it's a pretty bon it's a, it's a bonkers movie and they start picking on like the jock and his girlfriend and yeah it's a <laughs> it's a weird movie there's some wild special effects at the end of the movie too it kind of becomes like a creature feature by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. This movie rules. You'll you'll love Class of Nukem High. Uh, definitely going to bump that one up on the watch list. Yeah. Um, one you should not bump up the watch list. This is a direct-to-video movie from 2015, 2014, called The Sand, starring Hannah Montana star Mitchell Musso and a cameo by Jamie Kennedy. Okay, the sand this we we watched this cuz Kayla had wanted to watch it for a while again. It was on Tubi. We watched it. I talked about it earlier on the show or on, on an earlier podcast episode of the show. Uh, I talked about One Miss Call and how mm -hmm. it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. This is this is right next to it right now. It's Thanks. awful. It is it's a movie where these teenagers are out partying on the beach in California. And they wake up the next morning, and there's only six or seven of them left. They're all kind of scattered. Two of them are in a lifeguard stand. There's three of them in a car. One one guy, the overweight friend, uh, is stuck in a barrel in the middle of the beach. Um, and then another girl is topless on a picnic table. Uh, and they wake up, and they find that if you step on the sand, it'll suck you in. And it immediately like jumps into that. There's not really a setup to it. It's just one of the characters gets up and gets sucked into the sand. Some, okay. bad, some terrible CGI. And so they have to figure out how to get off this beach. And that's literally the 90 minutes of the movie is how do these characters I don't like get off this beach? And how are they that dumb? It's awful. <laughs> don't watch it. Okay. Not even a wild Jamie Kennedy performance could save this movie. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah. I, I'm very selective about the movies I start. I don't know if I would have started that one. <laughs> I looked at I mean, the IMDb page and I was kind of like, ah. I know, again, I normally wouldn't. Kayla wanted to. We watched it and whatever. Yeah. Nine, 80 minutes passed and whatever. Did she like it? I, I don't think so. Oh, well, that's a bummer. I was hoping at least she liked it. So one of you got something out of it. <laughs> no, we at least watched Class of Newcomb High and we, we both liked it. Yeah. Know what we did watch. I'm Again, so excited is, to talk about like, these, and that's not sarcasm. This like, is all Kayla's recommendations here, like these last couple. Um, we were watching a uh, we were watching a video from the Grim Life Collective. Shout out Grim Life Collective on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I love their channel. We were watching a video of them doing a locations tour of the first Twilight movie. 
And we were about halfway through it. Kayla's like, have you ever seen Twilight? No, I have never seen any of them. I saw part of the first one on FX because it was on FX all the time. But that was it. Obviously, we were we were in high school when these came out, yep, or at least yep. middle school, high school. Within our teenage years, all these came out. Um, so I had heard the the hubbub about Twilight, especially a, from a male perspective. These these are cheesy. These are awful cheesy love stories about sparkling vampires and werewolves who take their shirts off. Okay, I got all that, and then the terrible acting from. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner. I got all that. Here we are 15 years later from the first movie. Twilight rules. It does rule. Twilight rules. The first movie is good. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's great. I won't put it anywhere. I gave it three stars. I liked it. I would give it about three and a half. Yeah. Like that's that's about where I'm at. I do take okay. So we we I saw your letterbox review. I yeah. disagree on one point. Okay. The baseball scene is awesome. The the baseball, the baseball scene, scene rules. <laughs> the baseball scene in the first Twilight movie is one of the cringiest scenes that has ever been put to film. And I don't hate that it's in the movie, but it's very cringy. It is. I felt no, myself like, cringe, and I'm not even in the movie stick it in my veins i love it <laughs> the biggest problem i have with the first movie i like the i like the, the style needle drop casey what i like the style of the movie i like the actors in the movie i like pattinson i like Kristen stewart together surprisingly i know everybody hates that i like them together taylor lautner's kind of a non-entity in this first movie yeah, he's in yeah. it, but he's in it for like much. two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like is that the entire plot of this movie and the, most of the second movie is that everything revolves around Bella. Like no, no other characters or all the other characters in the movie have no, no <laughs> motivations, no, no character traits outside of what they think of her. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about her. It's like, like what her classmates think of her, what her love interests, what her dad, what her mom, what her dad's or her mom's boyfriend, what the people of the town think. It's all about mm-hmm. what they think of her. Yeah. And it makes it hard to latch on to anyone, including her, when that's the case. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and that's that's kind of an issue with the books, too. So I was 100% the the kid in the black tee and the black skinny jeans and like usually guy liner that was sitting in the corner reading a Twilight book. Um, I I love I love the first and third book. Didn't care for New Moon or Breaking Dawn in book form. Movies are about the same, um, but I'm really glad that you finally watched these. Yeah, but they they are. They are written from a perspective of a teenage girl who thinks everything kind of like Bella's Bella's not a great protagonist because like even in the books, it's like it's very like me centered. And yeah. I, I think the movies reflect that. And that probably works better in the book because you are you're supposed to be in that character's shoes. Yeah, it's when it's you're reading the person. book. Yeah. Yeah. Except for like one brief like middle section of the fourth book it's all told from bella's perspective 
So, um, and then we watch. So we watched the first three. Uh, yeah. We will probably watch the, the the last two before the next episode. Uh, New Moon. I don't have a lot to say about this one because I don't think it's very good. It's the same. It's the same plot as the first movie, except they swap it out with werewolves instead of vampires. That's really all that happens. And then Bella and and uh, Edward try to kill themselves because they're not together for I no love- reason, even okay, though they so- can just go be together. Can we talk about how funny it like the the method that Edward chooses, being that he wants to walk out into the sun, yeah, so that he sparkles in front of people. So that those people then fear him and want to kill him. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I, I don't know. I just always found that comical. Like, he's trying. Book, he wanted it. He's like, I, re- I read Dracula 37,000 years ago. Edward is now an over dramatic <laughs> talking flash. No, we're talking Twilight. Uh, <laughs> a much better movie than the a flash. A much better movie than the flash. Um, that might be a hot take. I don't know. No, it's not a hot take. Sam. I haven't seen I haven't seen The Flash, but I'm willing to bet money on it. <laughs> Twilight New Moon is better than The Flash, and that's the worst movie in the Twilight series that I've seen. Yeah. Um, New, but, New okay, Moon is so, a non-movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And Eclipse Rules, it's so far the best of the series. I really like this one. If I'm going to pick one off the shelf, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be Eclipse. Like I feel like I can watch this one without having watched the other ones together. It is. Uh, David David Slade is uh Yes, right? David yes. Slade is the director. He also did like 30 Days of Night. Yes. And he directed the Dark Harvest adaptation, which is still sitting on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. I really want that movie to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Eclipse Rules. Eclipse Rules. It has all the melodrama you want, and I feel like they're leaning into it more than the yeah. first movie of like the first it's movie. It's a little is more self-aware. Of... Yeah, the first movie is, is melodramatic, whereas the third movie has melodrama in it, but it knows that it's being melodramatic. Yeah, absolutely. I was telling Sam, like, there's a scene where where Jacob has to warm up Bella, and he takes it, he has a, well, he already has a shirt off, uh, <laughs> in his jean shorts, and he, he's like, I need to warm her up. He's like, yeah, you better. Why? Because I'm hotter. It's like, that's the point in the movie where all the girls that are team Jacob, like, lose their minds in the theater. Oh, yeah. And there's even, like, beats in the movie where they just, like, pause after lines like that. There's a pause. Instead of a laugh track, there's a squeal track. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I I love Eclipse, man. It's such a... It's such a... It's it's a perfect example of what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's nothing more than a, a, a teen like a teeny bopper horror romance. But it's a pretty darn good one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It actually has a plot, though, to it. It does, like, yeah. Unlike the other two movies where it is the teeny bopper romance, this one has a plot where there's stakes involved and there are, the characters are motivating what's going to happen. They're trying to stop something. So that's 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 my thing in this one, is that they're trying to stop Bryce Dallas Howard and her army of vampires that are coming yeah. to get Bella which I like it feels it feels very 30 days a night or blade 2 in that yeah those are the vibes I get from those it's not obviously not as good as those or done as well or well because it can't the be horror bloody. elements but yeah yeah uh last thing I'm gonna ask Sam before I ask you what your what your do be doing mm-hmm. team Edward or team Jacob oh team Edward hands down Team Edward all the way. 
I gotta I gotta root for the like pasty see-through guy because that's what I am. <laughs> we're a, we're a household divided. Like the scene in the scene in New Moon where Edward you know takes off his shirt to walk out into the sun. I saw myself there. <laughs> All white and like undefined and just kind of skinny. <laughs> Sam, I, I've seen it. Sam sparkles a little in the sun. I do. <laughs> just a little though. It's, it might just be the sweat, but I'm reflective. There. <laughs> there, there's a sparkle there. Yeah. 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 Team Edward here on this show. Screams in the basement. Yeah. Team Edward. Hashtag Team Edward. Hashtag Team Edward. Sam, what have you been doing to be doing? I have a cold, and it's ruining how I'm playing Doobie Doing. It's hard to say Doobie when you have a cold. <laughs> um, I've been so last last episode I talked about sharks being um, not present in my recent watches. I was disappointed in myself because I'm like, we're in summer mode. I should have sharks. Well, in part thanks to Corey, in part thanks to Joe Bob, and in part thanks to just me being like, nah, I gotta watch some shark movies. Mm -hmm. I watched a lot of shark movies in the cast okay. past couple okay. of weeks. So I watched two Jaws movies. And by oh. that I mean I watched one official Jaws movie okay. and one cheap Italian ripoff of the Jaws okay. movie that I All had right. a lot of fun with. All I finally right. watched Jaws 2. Yep. Um, they finally got added to Peacock, I think. And so I'm going to watch those this summer, the sequels, which I've never mm -hmm. seen. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for three and four. I know they're bad. Well, they're bad. I'm so ready for it. Um, what do you think of Jaws 2 though? Yeah. Jaws 2 is surprisingly like a very solid movie. It's not yeah. on the level of the first one, but it's a very fun shark movie. Um, the scene that everybody talks about being so unrealistic where Jaws comes up and like bites the helicopter. I'm like, I don't know. I, in my, have they never been to universal? You see Jaws come out the, the, the yeah. shark come out of the water there. <laughs> also, I, I'm just like, no, sharks terrify me. And that's terrifying. That's, that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared of sharks. And in my mind, they can do pretty much anything they want. And yeah. so a shark popping out of the water and taking down a helicopter, not that big of a leap of faith for me. <laughs> it's not the most unrealistic thing a shark does in this series. No, 100% not. I've, I've seen some of the unrealistic things. Um, yeah, just two, just two rules. I, I don't yeah, think it's as solid. I, um, I loved that Keith Gordon was in this. Arnie from Christine. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of the teenagers. Right. I was, I like, I saw his name pop up in the credits and I'm like, it's gotta be the same Keith Gordon. Right. Like, and as soon as he popped up, I'm like, Oh my God. Cause it's like five years before Christine and he's scrawnier and a lot mm -hmm. younger, but it's him. He's got sideburns. That's right. <laughs> he looks like he's like 13, but he has sideburns. Hey, it's great. It was the early eighties. Oh God. Yeah. He just, he has a baby face that does not go with the sideburns at all. Just too. It's a slasher with a shark. Yeah, it is 100%. Like, that's what it is. So many people say that about movies like 47 Meters Down Uncaged. Oh, it was a slasher movie with a shark. I'm like, no, that was not a slasher movie with a shark. This was actually a slasher movie yeah. with a shark. Yep. Um, I really dug it. It reminds me of Orca, which was just Death Wish with a whale. Quick side tangent. Okay. I found out literally like yesterday that Orca only has like a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes and like a 38 
90% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And that baffled me because I loved that movie. <laughs> what year was that movie? 77. Yeah, the, I don't take anything past 2009 on Rotten Tomatoes as any yeah. sort of merit. I don't take that's anything fair. from last month as any merits on Rotten Tomatoes, but Yeah, that's fair. I was just I was just shocked at critical reception. And I I, I don't know. Maybe critics maybe I'm crazy, hate Orca. But I I loved Orca. So I'm going to re-recommend that movie to just to negate the 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Orca rules and I will plant my flag in that sand. Okay, I also watched Cruel Jaws, which is an Italian knockoff. Um, it was really funny. I watched Jaws 2 after Cruel Jaws, and they literally ripped the gasoline gag straight out of Jaws 2. But to me, it was like, oh, Jaws 2 ripped off Cruel Jaws. <laughs> but no. No, um, <laughs> no uh, Cruel Jaws is not a good movie. Um, it's barely a competent movie. But it, I had a blast with it. I think I ended up rating it like two and a half stars, but I put the little heart next to it. Totally understand why people don't like it. I vibed with it. It was stupid and cheesy. And it was legitimately like, I was like, man, Universal could have probably sued the crap out of them for this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they literally use footage from the other Jaws movies at certain points in this movie. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah. I had a fun time with it. Cruel Jaws. Check it out if you like bad shark movies. If you hope for Jaws, don't watch Cruel Jaws. Um, Joe Bob followed up Sharknado with Amsterdam, an action thriller slasher, kind of. It's it's a wild movie. Um, from the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, the Netherlands. Yeah. Duh, because it's Amsterdam. Duh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, my brain's not working this week. Um, yeah, so Amsterdam is the story <coughs> of a cop and his young daughter and his new girlfriend just kind of living life in Amsterdam while a serial killer goes through the canals killing helpless victims. Um the opening sequence of this movie is insane. It feels like something like this movie feels like if uh, like Michael Bay and John Carpenter, like John Carpenter in like early eighties, John Carpenter okay. had a baby and that baby was Dutch. That's what Amsterdam is. It's insane. There is, there are not just one, but two different chase sequences in this movie that are like all time action sequences, like insanity. The boat chase that like is so like Joe Bob even talked about this before the movie started, and I still wasn't prepared for like how epic this boat chase was. It was insane. Like they were actually driving boats through these canals with like various obstacles at such high speeds. I'm like. It's a miracle no one died doing these stunts. Like, holy crap, this is insane. Um, highest recommendation. Go watch Amsterdam. It's on Shutter. It rules. A uh, couple, like, I don't know, just like comfort movies that I watched. I'm just going to list them off. I watched, I rewatched The Fog. I rewatched Killer Clowns. Both of those movies rule. 
both in my opinion are like five star like i i bumped the fog up to five stars this last go around because i'm like this movie just it works it's such an underrated carpenter movie mm-hmm. i love it um talked about stellar dweller i finally watched bride of reanimator um reanimator is one of my favorite movies of all time never gotten around to bride i started it once on like when joe bob did it i watched it live but i fell okay. asleep um, so I'd only seen like the first, I don't know, probably only half hour of it. Cause I fell asleep early on that night, but, uh, I finally went back and watched it. Holy crap. This movie's insane. Uh, from like frame one, you know, exactly what you're getting into tone wise, like blood spurting everywhere. Herbert West is shooting a gun at P like people who are ambushing their military tent and, Meanwhile, they're trying to still like work on their serum, their their reanimation serum, and uh, yeah, shenanigans happen. They end up back at their old lab. They decide to create a woman with some of the best effects that I have ever seen. Like the the creature design and the makeup on like Bride of Reanimator is like next level stuff. Um, and the third act is appropriately just like disgusting and like heartbreaking. Like I genuinely, I, that movie ends and I'm like, I feel like James whale would be proud. Like James whale would have watched that and gone like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Brian uh, Usna baby. Is that your first yeah. Usna movie? No, you've, you've no, seen society, I've seen society right? yeah. which, okay. I want to rewatch that now. Cause I feel like as, as I've, podcasted with you i feel like my tastes have evolved a little bit i'd like to circle back around to society because i didn't love it the first time i watched it yeah i have a feeling it's gonna grow on me this time we'll do a screen we're gonna do that screaming mad george episode and we can watch yeah. society there yeah that would be awesome yeah um i okay so the i thought for sure that joe bob this friday was gonna play children of the corn because the new one because it had just gotten added to Shutter, and he's talking about farm and all this stuff, and it's full quarter week, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be Children of the Corn. It was not, but you know what? We watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow instead, and that movie rules. Ugh. It's like, it's a gut punch of a TV movie. I cannot believe they got away with putting this thing on television. It's not super gory, anything like that, but like the subject matter is just like very, very heavy. The opening, like, before the first commercial break, an innocent man literally gets gunned down in a scarecrow outfit by, like, a mob. And then when you come back from commercial, it's essentially just a trial of the the, the four guys that did it just getting off scot-free. Mm. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell? But then the scarecrow comes back and starts killing, every, like, all of them. And, yeah. It's a little yeah. bit slow in the second act, but when it gets to the third act, it's like it's right there again. Like the opening of this movie and the closing of this movie are both incredible. They're very tense. They're very like very uh, brutal. Like in somehow in a made-for-TV way, uh, you just you feel everything with these mo- this movie, even if you don't necessarily see it. Uh, so yeah, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It rules. It's been on my watch list for a while. I'm really glad Joe Bob played it. Uh, and then after that, he played Beyond the Door 3, a movie which I still have not made it all the way through, damn it. And one day I will, because what I've seen of it absolutely rules. It's insane. 
So um, I'm going to still recommend Beyond the Door 3, even though I haven't seen the whole thing. It might fall apart in the third act, and if it does, don't blame me. <laughs> uh, okay, and then my final two. Uh, the Barn Part 2. So I believe I talked about The Barn a few episodes <clears throat> back. Yep, yep. Um, I really like that. It's a retro throwback slasher. Um, ironically enough, I'm going to bring up Corey again. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. I have this that I picked up from Last Stop. I thought it was the coolest find because it has the entire cast signature on it. And you remember when I messaged the group, I like, I was like, oh my God, look at this cool thing that I found. Mm-hmm. Corey literally messaged me back right away and went, oh, hey, that's mine. I'm glad it went to a good home. Crown jewel of my movie collection, dude. That's Love awesome. this movie. Yes. The sequel, even better, man. Okay. The I've sequel. had these both on my watch list for a, yeah. I mean the the second one just came out what last year? Um, it just hit Screenbox this year. I think okay. I think you could get it on like DVD or blue like the Kickstarter Blu-rays yeah. went out last okay. year. But yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, the sequel like ups the ante in just about every way. Um, it it like I don't know if I liked it like liked it better or like liked it better, but I think it is better. They obviously had a little bit more money to play with this time mm-hmm. around. There's more monsters. There's more gore. Um, there's more nudity. <laughs> like, they've really upped the ante yeah, on everything. It's a sequel. It's you got to go, like, go all out. Yeah, you go bigger. Um, it, and, yeah, I really dug it. It's uh, It has a lot of fun. Like, in the first one, it's just a couple of pranksters knocking on a barn door. In this one, they actually set up, like, a haunted house. Like, a, a sorority sets up a haunted house in the barn where the creatures come back to life. So they have a lot of fun with the, like, you're in a haunted house, but there's actual, like, creatures killing people. Um, So all of that stuff was, like, a blast to watch. And the third act is... <laughs> there's, like, one moment that kind of sours it just a little bit where they kind of go with a, an emotional oh. punch type of thing where I'm like, I don't know if you needed that. But, like... It, when it's over, it gets over, and then it goes straight back into, like, gory badassery, and you're like, okay, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the last movie that I'll talk about for Doobie Doing, I'm really excited that I finally watched this. I uh, I watched Rawhead Rex, yeah. the uh, Clive Barker creature feature. It was five bucks on Voodoo, and I'm like, this has been on my watch list for forever. I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the trigger on it, so. It's on Tubi. I know, but I wanted to watch it without okay. it. I checked. I was like, eh, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> it's five bucks well spent. Um, I love this movie. It, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting so much like religious imagery, which mm-hmm. I should have figured when it was a Clive Barker movie yeah. that there would be something extra there. Um, kind of loved that aspect of it. Um, just, yeah, this is a, this is a movie that is not afraid to, blaspheme in many different ways um and i i don't know i found it pretty transgressive and uh for what it was i loved that it was like a guy in a freaking rubber power rangers yeah. going suit. like yeah. honest to god i i can't even remember i think what did i put in my letterbox review <laughs> i was like and people don't like this like <laughs> it was uh, yeah 
Uh, yeah, it's a 50s monster movie with 80s gore effects and a rubber suit creature that would be right at home on a sa- Saturday morning rerun of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. That's how I summed it up. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know how people don't like this movie. Rawhead Rex and Psycho Goreman would make a great double feature. Yes. The whole time I was watching it, I'm like, the guys behind Psycho Goreman 100% watched Rawhead Rex growing up. Like, they had this VHS. They should do a sequel where Rawhead Rex fights Psycho Goreman. Oh my god, that would be cool. That would be so cool. That's the sequel right there. Yeah, so... That is what I have been doobie doing. That is what you've been doobie doing. We're doobie done with that. Sam, we're not doobie done with the show, though. No. We're making good time. We are. This is uncharacteristic of us. Very uncharacteristic of us. Uh, but we have we have six episodes of TV shows we are going to be talking about here in our main topic. We're going to be talking about scary episodes of tv shows that are not traditionally scary tv shows um each of us picked three tv shows tv episodes um and we had each other watch the other persons as well so we have six episodes total uh we teased this in the last episode yeah we kind of just decided we were doing this on air yeah um but yeah so we're talking about I'll, i'll read them off here uh boy meets world uh we're we're talking about the the episode and then there was sean uh we're talking spongebob squarepants yeah graveyard shift yeah um, a little la night just came out of my 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 mouth right there uh regular <laughs> show <laughs> lo governor uh bob's burgers the hauntening hey arnold uh the headless cabbie and friday the 13th and last is the goldbergs mr knifey hands yeah Sam, I'm going to throw it to you first. Which one should we talk about? Um, we can just get the Goldbergs one out of the way, right? Okay. Okay. Because that one's like, I picked this one more because I had just watched the Robert Englund documentary, and they spent more time talking about it in the Robert Englund documentary than he even has. <laughs> than he's episode. in the episode, yeah. And for some reason, because of that documentary, I had it in my head that he was in like the whole episode, and I rewatched it, and I kept going like, when's Freddie showing up? Like we're eleven minutes in. When's Freddie showing up? Mm-hmm. Freddie, I forgot, is in like the last, I don't know, three minutes of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great cameo. I love Robert England in this. Him and Virginia Madsen play off of each other so well. Um, it's great to see Freddie kind of taken aback by an overprotective mother and being like, "Oh my god, like, what's wrong with you? The parents of kids I usually kill are drunk assholes because." Every parent in the Night Realm Street <laughs> series is a drunk asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It was funny. It, it was a funny last three minutes. The rest of the episode was surprisingly kind of throwaway. Like, they were like, oh, we can get Robert England. What do we do for the the rest of the episode kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Not my favorite Goldbergs episode, but my favorite Goldbergs cameo, for sure. Yeah, I've never seen the Goldbergs. Full disclosure. Oh, really? uh, besides, I, I watched this episode because I'm a uh, obviously if I'm a I'm a Fredhead. He's my yep. boy. Um, yeah, so I had never seen the. I've never watched any more of the Goldbergs. This episode didn't do any favors for making. I was about me to say this is not the episode to start on. <laughs> no, 
so Mr. Knifey Hands, I wrote down some notes for all the episodes when they came out and what seasons and stuff here. So Mr. Knifey Hands from the Goldbergs was season six, episode five, uh, released October 24th, 2018, uh, as a lot of these did, released in October. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say on this. I'm glad before the show you said I don't have much to say about the Goldbergs because yeah. I don't either. It's a fun cameo. I like seeing Robert back. It's mm -hmm. obviously pretty cheap makeup that he's wearing, but it still does the trick of like, this is Freddy Krueger and you're in a dream and it's still yeah. that. Okay, it's the, the lighting 80s and Freddy Krueger. The lighting and the fog. It's all very like TV. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It, they, it feels they pull it off with it feels proper yeah it, it feels proper for a TV show that's set in the 80s to have yeah. Robert come back as Freddy because I feel like this is something he would have done in the 80s pop oh, yeah. up on a sitcom like this 100% yeah 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 no I had fun with it it's it's one like I would probably like if I'm binging the Elm Street series and I'm like oh, I'll just throw this clip on of Robert yeah. as Freddy from the Goldbergs again it's one where if you like bring up the clip on YouTube, it's probably worth more. Like you don't need to watch the whole episode for it. Yeah. it it's yeah. still funny whether you've seen the build up to it or not. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll throw one out here. Uh, yeah. One of my picks was from the regular show. Yeah. It is Elo Govna. It came out November 29th, 2010. Uh, it is from Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, this is one of the first episodes I had ever watched of Regular Show, one of my favorite animated shows ever, Regular Show. Um, it was on, it originally aired on Cartoon Network. I remember watching reruns of this all the time when I lived at home and still had cable and watched Cartoon Network. <laughs> um, and this is one of the episodes that, that really stuck out to me. It's, I think it's kind of, I'm trying to remember the plot of the Goldbergs episode, but it's, they rent Nightmare on Elm Street, right? The kids yeah. do? Yeah, okay. the kids do, and then the parents get all in an uproar, because, like, the girlfriend's parents were the ones that let them rent it, and Beverly didn't want them to watch it, and it, it turns yeah. into, like, a battle between the parents, and it's very little about, like, actual horror movies or Freddy Krueger, <laughs> until the end. Until the end. Uh, this one here, it's it's a somewhat similar plot. It's a similar setup, at least. Uh, Mordecai and Rigby rent a movie from the video <laughs> store called Elo Governor. It's about a haunted cabbie. Uh, I wish this movie British was real, cabbie. dude. <laughs> oh, I would 100% watch Elo Governor. Yeah. Um, and watching it, uh, Mordecai is unfazed by the movie. He thinks it's a dumb, cheesy horror movie. Meanwhile, Rigby is terrified of it and starts had it, having dreams of the cabbie coming to get him. Um, and all the cab does the the british taxi is just say hello governor and chases him everywhere and his uh, grill turns into teeth in the teeth yeah <laughs> um this is if i'm not mistaken this is your first episode of regular show that you've seen yes i've never i've never watched this um i was intrigued um i've heard of this show i've yeah. just never I don't know. It's just never been after this episode. Like I 100% kind of want to go back and just start from the beginning and uh, watch the rest of it. Um, yeah, this, this episode rules. Um, I love that. It's kind of a uh, stuffy British version of Christine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you picked that intentionally because of that, but like, no, I just love this episode. Oh my god, dude. Killer cars are like my thing. Like, I love it. 
Um, Oh, governor was yeah, like, and it was genuinely like there were spooky visuals in it too. Yeah. Like, it, it legitimately like they they made it so it was, it was actually creepy at times, um, but it was also very 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 funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I look at pretty much all of these uh, episodes that we're talking about is like every October I try to somewhat program a little like Halloween themed movie night. And yeah. I'll throw in a movie, and then I'll throw in some like old commercials and a TV episode, and then I'll throw in another mm-hmm. couple commercials and an episode of Goosebumps and whatnot. Um, but these would be like episodes I would put in that. I would totally put Elo Governor in one of those because it's like a oh. 12 minute episode. Yeah, absolutely. And Hulu used to do stuff like that. So I remember one year, it was back when we still lived in Harrisburg. So probably like what? at least five, six years ago, probably six. Um, One year for Halloween, Hulu literally had a playlist of just Halloween episodes from a bunch of different Mm -hmm. shows, like Buffy, My So-Called Life, Bob's Burgers, like just, it was like a, just mix a playlist kind of. Yep. And uh, it was great. That's what we played that night. Like we literally just sat and watched Halloween episodes of like some of the shows we'd never even like, never watched before and that was just our first intro to it and i loved it dude and mm-hmm. they've never done it since that year and it bums me out because like ah i want that to be a tradition it's just cool it's like a it's little mixtape uh <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. and it's a great idea because it might hook you on a show that you've never seen yeah. before because you watched the the halloween episode of it. yeah it seems so weird that they don't do it anymore mm-hmm. i i just i really like that so uh but yeah, so that's why I'm glad we did this because I actually have like now I have El Governor to add to add to my little playlist of like stuff that I like to mm-hmm. loop around that time of year. Yeah, uh, regular show does have a couple of them. They're they they lean into like 80s and nostalgia and horror and sci-fi quite a bit on the show. Well, when we were talking about it, like I think I gave you three different episodes that I ended up like when we talked right after we recorded two weeks ago i feel mm-hmm. like i gave you three very different episodes i think the the bob's burgers one stayed the same but the two mm-hmm. other ones um were different and so i actually for my next one you want to just keep going back and forth yeah yeah for my next one i like i googled because i was like i feel like there are shows that i'm like missing that i'm not thinking of because i haven't watched these probably since childhood yeah and I remember getting like the ghost train episode of Hey Arnold kept popping up. That's a very spooky episode. I like it. Uh, they have the cool like Halloween episode in Hey Arnold where there's war. They do the war on the world's riff where him and Harold get like get all the adults in town riled up because they think an actual alien invasion is happening. I love that. But neither of those like to me like. I don't know. Ghost Train didn't scare me much as a kid. And that one was just kind of War of the Worlds was fun. The one that freaked me out was Haunted Cabbie. And that's why I picked that one. Because I was like, as soon as I saw the Hey Arnold, I'm like, no. There was one episode I remember freaking me out in this. It was the Haunted Cabbie. I think it's because, like, it's an urban legend. Mm -hmm. And urban legends are, like, my weakness. Like, if I... I have like real life ghost stories on like my shelf and stuff, but if I read those before bed, I can't sleep. Yeah. Like the real life stuff or the stuff that could be real life, mm-hmm. right? It gets me. And so like urban legends, 
they get me. And did, have, had you seen this one before? So when I watched this, the Hey Arnold <coughs> was a show I watched a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so this came out October 29th, 1999, season four, episode six. Doubt I watched it when it first came out. But I remember watching the show a lot as a kid. And as soon as I clicked play and started watching it, it, it was like a memory unlocked. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, my God, I haven't watched this in probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I remember I don't remember the second part. I don't remember the Friday the 13th one. No, but it's it is very, a fun it's episode. A, it's fun. It's not very memorable. No. Yeah. It's Whereas, like it's the B side. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the one that you have to ha- you have to have on the B side because SpongeBob has that in the one the SpongeBob we'll talk about too, where it has yep. the B side and it's like it's the calm down because yeah. you actually are gonna scare children with that first episode. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, I love I love headless the headless horseman is one of my favorite. Yep, fictional stories ever. Period. Yeah, love it. I also love urban legends like you. Like I just mm-hmm. love the entire concept of like going to a sleepover and well. My aunt told me this story that one time there was this headless mm-hmm. cabbie of New York City. Um, do you, I'll let you say it. What's the, what? What is the urban legend of the headless cabbie? So it starts in you know like Arnold's loft, and he's having a slumber party, and they're all telling spooky stories, but no one's very good at it. So Arnold takes a crack at it. He tells the story of the headless cabbie, cabbie who was going through the park one night and a strange woman walked up, told him, I don't like, I lost my dog a few days ago. Could you give me a ride through the park so we can look for him? The cabbie goes, sure. Woman gets in and they drive away. They, they start going through the park and she asks him, it's cold outside. Do you want to wear this red scarf that I have? He goes, Oh, sure. Thank you. You know, he puts it around his neck. And they hear a dog barking. And the lady keeps telling them, oh, go faster. And so they're going through the park. They're going through the park. They go through a tunnel. They encounter a hook-handed man. That's like the weird random thing in the story that doesn't make any sense. But who cares? It's still a great visual. Um, <laughs> and, the la- you know, so he, like, veers off onto this, like, other path. And the ladies tell him, go faster, go faster, my doggy, my Scotty dog. And the... Oh, I want to call it a tie, but it's not. The scarf, scarf. Yeah. gets wrapped around a branch and just takes the cabbie's head off. And he just keeps driving the cart with the laughing evil woman in the back. And I remember, like, just the story alone as a kid just terrified me. Mm-hmm. But the episode doesn't even let that just be the scary part. Because then... They all go through the park to get ice say, cream. Yeah, Arnold and his friends decide to go through the park. That's the that's the scary part if you're a kid. Yeah. It's like I'm already like tense because of the story. Yeah. Like, oh no, our characters that we love and relate to, they're gonna go through this now. Yep. And and they keep they they run into the dog and they see a red scarf in the tree and they're hearing like the the horse and the carriage and all that and it's 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 terrifying. And of course, like once everything comes out of the fog or whatever, like it all just kind of seems to be coincidence. And they go to the park, they go through the park and they go get their ice cream. And then the cabbie gets approached by a woman who asks him to take her through the park because she lost her dog a few weeks ago. 
and she can't find him. And as the cabbie starts pulling into the park, she offers him a red scarf and pan up to the full moon and all the creepy clouds and tree branches. And holy crap, did you have one scared Sam back when I was a kid? Like, holy crap, this episode scared the living, uh, well, crap out of me. (laughs) Yeah, this is what, again, like if I would program a Halloween themed night, I would throw in the haunted cabbie in this. Yep. This, this uh, it fits perfectly with the the spooky Halloween vibes. Um, it has a lot of fun with it though too, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the reveals of what the scary things are that are from the story. Um, I love that Eugene is clogging in the middle of the night. In the <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> Harold, no. now I've seen everything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's funny. a great I it's a great how... episode. It's the, one that the bully is the one that's the most scared, and Sid starts using that against him mm-hmm. and like getting back at him. I love that. Sorry, yep. what were you saying though? It's no, funny. all I was gonna say is like as a kid, this is one of those episodes that would stand out to you the most from Hey Arnold. It's, oh yeah, it's it's the one that's so kind of different from the rest of the series, and it's like, mm-hmm. do you remember that scary episode of Hey Arnold? And especially Sp- the SpongeBob kid. the SpongeBob episode has that same. Yeah, like, this is the standout episode. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and especially as like a, a horror kid and a monster kid who loved like Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up on the Disney one, Ichabod and Mr. Yep. Crane, or Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Like, oh, yeah. So, yep. yeah, that 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 episode rules. Um, it's yeah, it's it might be the second best animated edition, like version of sleepy hollow that i've seen yeah 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 i yeah. agree with that disney the I'm, disney one first yeah yeah because yeah. the disney one's like the gold standard arguably the best adaptation of yeah i think so sleepy like hollow. even even if you're adding in like live action like 100 percent. yeah so yeah oh man i'm glad i'm glad you a like rewatched this and remembered it because yeah it was like that for me too, where I was like, it just, I, I saw the ghost train one and I'm like, no, that's not right. And then as soon as I was like thinking about it and I was scrolling through episodes on IMDb. And once I hit headless cabbie, I'm like, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> These are, and I, I'm glad we did this because it really, it really put me in the Halloween spirit already mm-hmm. watching all these episodes because as a kid, this was my, my Halloween, I wasn't watching like slasher movies as a kid or even modern yeah. horror. I was really the only movie I was watching during Halloween was Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. Yep. Yeah. And then it was like T- yeah, and then it was TV episodes. And yeah. these are ones that really stick out and in, in my mind of like, oh, it's gonna put me in the Halloween spirit. I can't wait to go trick-or-treating in the next week or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, another Nickelodeon one that really puts you in the spooky spirit. Um, one of my picks it is SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, the Graveyard Shift, mm-hmm. aka the Hash Slinging Slasher episode. This yep. was originally released September sixth, uh, two thousand two, season two, episode sixteen, A, the A side. Um, <laughs> <coughs> it's about the night shift at the Krusty Krab. Mr. Crab being the uh, money-hungry crab that he is, 
uh, figures out that people will pay to buy a hamburger at 3 a.m. if they stay open late. So Squidward and SpongeBob are on the night shift overnight at the Krusty Krab. And to kind of preoccupy his mind and to keep himself entertained, Squidward tells SpongeBob again, an urban legend, the story of the hash-slinging slasher about uh, this fry cook who at one point used to work there and he was slicing the patties <laughs> until he cut his hand off and they replaced it with a, uh, with, with a, a spatula. spatula, with a rusty spatula. <laughs> And then he got hit by a bus. <laughs> such and a, they such fired a story. And, and they fired him at his own funeral. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> so the story goes like the hash. There's three. There's like three things that set up that the hash slinging slinging slasher is going to be. The lights will flicker on and off. Yep. The phone will ring and no one will be there. And then the bus will show up. And there the he will be, bus. the ghost bus. And all you hear is the creaking of the doors. And he'll get you. Yep, he'll get you. Yep. Uh, the Hashling, again, uh, an episode as a kid that stu- stood out in my mind as kind of like a a gateway to more horror, to actual horror. Yeah. Um, I love By the time episode. I watched this, I don't know if it scared me, but I appreciated the like horror of it you know yes, like the, yes. the horror element the spooky element of it yeah um Same more here. so than it was like oh god that like really messed me up type of thing yeah the only thing that like got me on edge as a kid though was the the reveal at the end of who's flickering the lights yeah the only the, thing the, as a kid because i didn't know what it was and i'm like what is this the flickering of the lights was creepy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then yeah i guess like the build-up to it is, is so like this is structured a, like very similar to the Hey Arnold episode, yes. but I feel like the Hey Arnold episode kind of draws out the tension a little bit more than maybe yeah. this one does. This one is like that. Like I feel like Graveyard Shift is more focused on making you laugh at the spooky things than mm-hmm. it is like making you scared of the spooky things. Yes, it's uh, cool like, how they have two different approaches, yeah. but like both are equally effective, effective. in what they do. Yeah. yeah. So Ar- in Hey Arnold, it's him telling the story to his friends, and they're all terrified after. Mm-hmm. This one, and it's you're not seeing any of their reactions to the story. You're seeing yeah. like a flashback. In this, it's just Squidward telling a story and how SpongeBob reacts. And yeah. I love that like SpongeBob like starts ripping his arm off. Yeah, he's like, you mean like this, like this? When he when he hears about the the hand getting cut off, and then he starts eating yep. his own hands out yeah. of the popcorn bucket, <laughs> like the popcorn bucket. Yeah, yeah. I yep. also love that the reveal, like when when you know things start to happen, the lights flicker, the phone rings, and you see the bus, and you hear SpongeBob like start crying. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I can't believe you did this all for me." Yeah. <laughs> He's he's all excited because he thinks Squidward was just trying to play like an elaborate prank on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another oh, one man. of my favorite jokes, though, is that the Squidward forgets his own story for a second. He's like, "The walls lose <laughs> green slime." Oh wait, they always do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just, 
I don't know, the reveal that it's just like some dork who just wants to apply. <laughs> it's just like so funny. <laughs> At like three o'clock in the morning, yeah. you want to apply for a job to be a uh, fry cook. Yeah, it's great. It still doesn't, it still doesn't, does it ever explain how the bus took him out there when the buses don't run that <laughs> no, late? No, no, no. <laughs> just... But it does reveal who's flickering the lights. Nosferatu. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How did I forget that? I so I always forget that part. The no, really? Know. That's the yeah. part that always sticks in my mind. It's so weird and madcap. And for some reason, I always blank on it because it took me by surprise this last time I watched it too. Where I was like, what? That's such an out there reference for a 90s Nick show. Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah, this episode rules. This episode rules. Yep. And I just love the, the doctored footage of Max Shrek, just like, and then smiling. <laughs> yeah, <with> the smile. <laughs> Such a SpongeBob joke. Yeah, the, the, one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yep. Oh, easily. Yeah, it's a great one. the The B side is fun too, but it's not horror. I didn't watch it. What What is the B side? It's the one where um, Mr. Krabs falls in love with Mrs. Puff, and starts buying her everything. Oh. And. uh tell spongebob that he has to take care of his money i like tell him to not stop just stop spending so much money but obviously spongebob can't say no to him Mm -hmm. so it's funny it was i don't know i i watched the b-side just because i was like well i'm already watching this episode i might as well watch the b-side but yeah Okay, my third one. I'm really excited to hear what you thought of this one because I know you're not like the biggest Bob's Burgers fan, but one of my favorite things, especially around Halloween, is to just go through all the seasons and watch the Halloween episodes because like all of them are so good. But I picked this one because to me, this one is like the one that goes the most into like, wow, this is kind of tense and scary. Like, ah, holy shit. Um, Obviously, if you know the twist, it's not. But like... (laughs) The first time I watched it, I was a little like, holy shit, what are they doing with this? Um, and that is Bob's Burgers, Season 6, Episode 3, The Hauntening. What did you October, think of the October 18th, two, October. 2015. Uh, I wa- okay, so I, I like Bob's Burgers. I don't dislike Bob's Burgers, but it's not the show I'm going to put on right away. Yeah, yeah. Um. I am excited. I have watched a number of of uh, the Halloween episodes. You should watch the Wolf of Wharf Street. That one's really fun. Okay. Yeah. I like, again, kind of like SpongeBob and Hey Arnold. I like this one. Watching it as adult, an, an adult, I don't feel any of the, the tension. Yeah. It. I feel like, I, I feel very comforted like I was Hey Arnold <laughs> and SpongeBob by this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it's a, it's Bob and Tina throwing a haunted house. Bob and Linda, the, yeah, yeah. Or Bob and Linda, uh, yeah. throwing a haunted house uh, for Louise. For Louise, because she doesn't get scared by anything. Yeah, and so they they want to make an actual scary haunted house. Mm-hmm. And like when they first go, they they get this house from one of Mort's clients, the mortician next door. Um, and they go out to this house and it's a terrible, it's a terrible haunted house. They like fall flat on their faces. It's really cheesy. They it's like when you'd go to, stuff. it's when you'd go to an elementary school with like spaghetti as yeah. guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
and it's really bad. And, you know, Louise turns the tables on them and scares them. And Bob and Linda get pretty dejected and they decide, ah, we're, we better just head home. Like, let's just go, let's just go home. We failed. And they go to the driveway and they have a flat tire and there's a man standing at the end of the driveway with a pair of garden shears. And from there, it turns into kind of like a creepy home invasion thriller where they're going through this like house that they don't know and the lights are all off. And, you know, they go down to the basement. And they find something in the basement, don't they? No, they don't. No, they hear, a, they hear a sound. That's right. They hear, oh God, which that payoff is so funny. It's one of my favorite Bob's Burgers gags. Yeah, um, yeah so they, they make it all the way up to the top of the roof of the house. The the intruder chases them all the way to the roof of the house. And out in the yard, there are a bunch of hooded figures. <laughs> Comes like a cult yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a big fire circle goes yeah. around the house and all that. And right, like, and, you know, Louise is getting freaked out. And all of a sudden, the window opens behind them as they're sitting on the roof. And the guy comes out with the garden shears. And Louise screams like she's just she's terrified and they take a picture of her (laughs) and the whole thing was actually just a big setup. And Teddy cut the brake lines to make it even more scary on their car. (laughs) And and the, the weird noises that they were hearing from the basement was just Mort throwing out his back while he was trying to make noise with a sledgehammer. Just all these like stupid reveals, and then it ends with a fun animated music video, mm-hmm. which I I love that. I mean, it's totally like riffing on the Backstreet Boys, um, like the Backstreet's Bag video and Thriller and all yeah. that. The <laughs> yeah. what, what's the boy the boy band called? It's like Boys for Now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they replace one of them all the time. Yeah, when they get older. <laughs> no, they have a different Alan. No, no, they don't. No, that's that's a different. Don't tell Teddy. That's his favorite. <laughs> that might have been my favorite part of the episode. The the, the music was video. The video? Yeah. It was a ton yeah. of fun. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's it's a great gag. Like, it's fun because it's like there's really no good way to end like the story that they did. Like, you know what I mean? They just kind of have to cut away from that yeah. because you don't watch the fire get put out or the brake line get fixed or anything like you that. You could have had someone like actually come out of the basement or something, you know. Yeah, something like, like the that. Hey Arnold ending where it's oh no, it's actually real. Right. But instead you go for a fun like horror themed music video and it's I don't know. It's pretty fun. And the song is actually really catchy. <laughs> so I don't know. This is this is like maybe my God, I don't know. There are so many good ones. This is probably a top three, like Bob's Burgers Halloween episode for me. And probably a pretty high up there in just a regular ranking, too. I really like this episode. Do they do a Halloween episode every season? I don't think there was one in the first. There might not be one in the first or second seasons, but I think starting in the third season, they've had a Halloween one like every year. Um. And some of them are okay. Like it's hit or, I mean, like yeah. any show, but um, it's just like, it's an annual tradition now. I, I love the, any, any, every fall when they announce like the Bob's burger, the Bob's burgers Halloween episode, I'm like, hell yeah. 
this week is this week is special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Bob's Burgers Halloween. That's why I week. love that The Simpsons still does Treehouse of Horrors. Like, oh yeah, I love that they're still yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. It's great. All right, last one here. Uh, the one that I think kind of teased that we were going to do this episode in the first place. Yep. Uh, this is Boy Meets World. And then there was Sean from uh, Season 5, Episode 17. This one came out. Do you want to guess when this came out? What time I'm of gonna year? I'm going to guess. Oh, it was October. 100%. February 27th, what? 1998. February? Yeah. Oh, they didn't even do it on Valentine's Day? Like... I mean, it was, it's essentially a love story at the end of it. I assume they do the, the Corey and Topanga oh, I bet they, breaking I up. the breakup and, yeah. yeah. And this is the repercussions of it. Yep. I love this episode until it cops out and then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> you can't kill off all your characters in the Boy Meets World episode. I mean, they could just show up in the next episode and no one's going to know. Like, I don't know. I don't like that. That's the one thing about this episode that I'm like, I don't like that it was all a dream. And I hate the whole, like, Sean having his, like, breakthrough at the end. It's so cheesy, man. Oh, it is. Boy Meets World is cheesy. I know. I I think we talked about this. I don't know if I have the same nostalgia for the show as you do. I, yeah. I didn't watch it until I was like. It had already been out, and I think I was, like, in high school or maybe had just graduated by the time I'd even first watched this show. Oh, and okay. I, and I watched it with Maria, who grew up watching it and loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I like it. I, I'm not saying it's a bad show. I do like it. I've watched the whole thing. I've actually binged it a couple of times, but it is so freaking cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And it's one of those shows like I grew up on. I watched it as a kid. I would watch on like ABC Family and then reruns, I think, were on like Disney Channel at night and stuff. And again, this is one of those episodes that really stuck out to me as a kid Mm because it was so different than anything else on this show. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is I mean, this is one of my favorite TV shows ever. It has so much things that I do love. I think this is this season's right here from like season Season like three, four, and five are kind of like a sweet spot of Boy Meets World. Yeah, I would agree with that. The first season is kind of unnecessary, really, because it's them in like middle. They might be in elementary school. Yeah, I think they're in fifth grade. I think they're in fifth grade. And it's like. It's a very kid. That's the one that is the most after school special. Yes. Like that one, you watch it and it's like there is a lesson at the end of every single one of those episodes. Yes, there is. <laughs> and I, I love that the show like grows up with the characters. It becomes like a teenager show by this point yep. in the in the series. Yeah. Because they're is dealing cool. up with they're dealing in this episode with a breakup and relationships and Corey and Topanga have broken up and Sean is taking it the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode is, is, let's get to the ending, I guess. It's a dream that Sean is having that he's manifesting into like why he's feeling this way about Corey and Topanga. Yeah. Uh, there is a, it's basically an, a slasher episode of Boy Meets World yeah. where Corey, and they have Sean, a lot of scream references. Oh, there's a ton of scream references yeah. and there's a ton of <laughs> South Park references too. Yeah. Which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, Corey, Sean, Topanga, Angela, and uh, Kenny 
just this random guy who's in their class for this episode all get detention from Mr. Feeney. And Kenny's literally only there to die. To and they say it in the episode. Yeah. Oh my God. He killed Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing they don't say is the you bastards. And yep. I assume that's because ABC family. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. That comes after. That's the second South Park reference. What's the first one? There's Did one before. It? It's, it's from Eric. So it, while they're in detention, they hear the door open and it's uh, Eric and, oh my gosh, what's Sean's brother's name? I can't remember. But Eric opens the door. Jack? And he's like, ha- Jack, yes. Yeah. He's like, howdy ho. Oh, yeah. Howdy a- ho. Yep. <laughs> so Eric right. is a fan oh of God. South Park. Yep, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Eric has been, after graduating high school, Eric has been sitting on his couch watching South Park 100%. Checks out for yep. that character. <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> uh, I love that on on their chalkboard, it's like written in blood, no one gets out alive. Yeah. <laughs> it goes It goes dark, too. Like, the pencil, the pencil through the head is like, oh, man. The pencil like, gag is awesome. Yeah, and I love Ben Savage's line of like, well, at least we'll always know how tall he was. <laughs> how tall he was. Yeah. It's a good episode. It's it is a, a very really good episode. It's a really good episode. I like this episode a lot. Um, you get Pencil to the Head. You get, like, the creepy janitor. This is the only time he's ever in this series. You get the creepy janitor. Doesn't he have, like, like, a Fred name tag, too? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty but sure he's, he like, does. But he's, like, super pale and wrinkly, and he's just <laughs> really creepy when he empties out the garbage cans and stuff. So like, yeah. it's him. He's the killer. And then he ends up, they find him in his own dumpster bin. <laughs> in his own dumpster bin. Uh, they also believe Feeney is the killer at one point. They're like, yep. they're trying to figure out the lesson that Feeney is trying to <laughs> teach them. They're like, killing Kenny was a nice twist on it, but we get it, <laughs> Mr. Feeney. Yeah. And then, and of course, he the... falls forward. And... <laughs> Has a scissors in it, giant scissors in his back. Yep. Oh man! And, and to be fair, okay. At the end of this one, it does end with a with another like, "Oh, what if it was it's real?" real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's Very... like an actual masked person with a knife in the classroom at the end. Yep. Uh, I love again. It's very meta. It's very scream. Where Sean is the he's he's Randy in their group that watches horror movies. Yep, and he's also. He's also the Billy Loomis when he unmasks. Yeah. Like he's, both. he's got the Billy Loomis hair and everything. Yeah. He's only Ryder Billy. Only Ryder Strong could pull that off. Yeah, that's true. He does. He does. I, I, I would watch this as a feature length, to be honest. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's it's genuinely it's good. It's good. And you get a, a cameo from Jennifer Love Hewitt in this as yeah. Jennifer Love uh Pfeffernan. <laughs> <laughs> Feffy. Who's there for like no reason other than to just be Jennifer Love Hewitt? Hey, she's there for Will Friedle to make out with her. Yeah, which that was an awkward scene. Yeah, <laughs> like a really awkward scene. Like I was like, I don't remember this. Oh, I re- yeah. There's so much making out in Boy Meets World with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also love like a- a- as a kid, what stood out to me in like the horror part of it is like the person running through the halls. Yeah. Like behind them and stuff. And you see, yeah. And like all the stuff that you see through the like little glass part on the classroom yeah. door is like 
that kind of stuff always gets me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then and in their very, very tiny library that has three aisles that they all split up into <laughs> and somehow miss the killer. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> One of my favorite lines comes from uh from Jack. It's when when Eric dies. Oh like, yeah. He's he's checking on Jennifer Love Hewitt and he gets bush uh books pushed on into him. Yep. And Jack yep. comes around the corner, he's like, Eric, my friend, Feffy. I didn't really know you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the so I, his logical oh, the step is like, I'm going to jump out the window because I can't afford rent. Yeah. <laughs> this, this show got dark in this episode. It did. And, it did. At the same time, I was kind of like, I get it, Jack. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'd be scared if my roommate got killed too. Like, mm -hmm. for multiple reasons. One of them probably being financial. <laughs> My rent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this episode. It's one I, I watch the most out of this series for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's a yeah. really good one. I'm glad that you I'm glad you had this one on the list because I enjoyed rewatching this one. Yeah. Out of all these shows though, I think the one that this might spark a binge on is the regular show or regular show. I should say if you put in the regular show, it brings up the movie. Casey. Oh yeah. Are you okay? Are you glitching out too? Oh, I was not. Sam. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. I, I okay. The, the, the thing was glitching out. It was the hash oh, slasher. I think he's coming to get it us. It was. He's, no, the one. It's I not think the one flicking on and off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Nosferatu. <laughs> the one that stood out to me, uh, and this was the Hey Arnold one, the haunted cabbie yeah. of like I. I'm glad I rewatched this because I'm gonna be re rewatching it again in October anyway. Yeah, it's really it's really good. I. Yeah. I remembered it being good. I did not remember just how good it was. I was mm -hmm. like, ah, oh. like it almost like it didn't, but like it kind of creeps me out even as an adult. Yeah. You know, like Fair. it's legitimately kind of like unnerving. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because like, like I, I said, that is very specifically something that's like very frightening to me is like the idea that someone would tell me a scary story. And then I would go out and find evidence that that scary story was real. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that concept just gets me. <laughs> I would say out of the six episodes we had on the show, that's the scariest one. Yeah, I would agree. From Hey Arnold. From Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. That show always kind of has like a, because it's a lot of kids walking around the city in the dark too, like yeah. at night. I feel like... I feel like in general, and part of the reason I gravitated, I was like, I want to do a Hey Arnold episode, is because there were a few episodes like that where it's like, they kind of captured being a kid and not exactly knowing what was going on in the world. And like the unknowable being kind of scary and foreign to you. Mm -hmm. um, that show just in general, like, I feel like that show in general just captured that vibe really well. Yeah. And uh, this is obviously like, to me, this is the best example of that. So, yeah. All right, Sam, we got one more little little segment 
Oh my uh, god, dude! I almost here. forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, like we said, this is gonna be kind. Of, this is kind of an episode of change moving yeah. forward for this show. Uh, Meaning we need some. Do you have any quarters? We need some change, <laughs> you filthy animals. Uh, no, we have a a special reveal that we're gonna do. It is our new logo created by Sam the Damned. Sam, I will let you do the honors, and I will click the button whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, so I don't know this logo. I, I spent quite a bit of time on it, but I, um, I don't know. Casey and I were talking about doing a redesign and both of us really, really love. I mean, as you can tell from this episode, stuff that's like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. And, uh, you know, we love goosebumps and we're big into like gateway horror and that colorful, like nineties cartoon color palette. And so that's kind of where I drew from. For this logo, which we will reveal right now. Welcome Woo! to the new Screams from the Basement look. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if I you're just listening to this, <laughs> um, just go on to our social medias. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, you know, just ask us, we'll text it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, you'll and I mean you'll see it in your podcast feed. That'll eventually change from our old logo to uh, this cool, brand new, badass Nickelodeon Goosebumps style logo. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty like I don't want to toot my own horn because, uh, but I like our new logo. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I do too. So, I don't know. Yeah, sweet. That's- that's it. That's the show, guys. That's the show. This is the last episode that we have with uh, the old logo, out with the old, in with the new next time. Yeah. And next time, Sam, again, I'm just going to drop a little teaser for our next episode because we do have this one scheduled. Do we really? Well, we do. We're going to the we're going to the further. We're talking the Insidious series. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, do I have to go to the new one in theaters now? I'll go with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we're talking the Insidious series. We're talking next... the Insidious series. <laughs> yeah. Insidious I'm series. I'm excited. Uh, all five. All five we will talk about in some sort of some, some capacity. We'll talk about each one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. I am looking forward to tiptoeing through the tulips. Hey. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up, Sam. Uh, let's. Uh... <laughs> Did you just see Eccles' comment? Oh no, Charlie's here. We better end the show right now. <laughs> uh, Sam, what? Do, where can people find us online, and where can they subscribe to this podcast? If you like this podcast and you want more, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and Anchor. You can also watch this on YouTube. Or, in this instance, Facebook Live. Thanks, everybody who tuned in, are tuning in. We appreciate you. Thank you for the comments. Um, yeah, we love you guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're on all of them. We're still on Twitter. We're going down with that ship. Um, <laughs> we're on the talk. We're it's, there. We're on the talk. Nothing's we're not very active. Months, but... but, yeah. <laughs> Casey or Charlie is uh, excited for our next episode. Casey, I know he is. Well, he's yeah. been he's been watching the Insidious series. He's been talking to me about it. I'm excited. Oh, to, uh, yeah. 
You got Charlie to watch him before. Char- I got Charlie to. <laughs> I got Charlie to tip throw through the tulips already. Nice. Yes. Nice. I'm excited to talk him. It's gonna be fun. It's again. It's my favorite modern horror series. I love it. Yeah. I love the Insidious series. Hell yeah! All right. So All right. Uh, where where what 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 do we got for our sign off, Sam? Uh, we're screams from the basement. Thank you for tuning in, and sweet, sweet screams. screams. Ah! You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.